I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the best podcast next to Sportzilla and the Jabber Jocks. I'm your host, the ugly smelly dork Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, a.k.a. Pete Drinking Pete. <laughs> and who do we have on the line, our special guest? It's me, Dave Schilling. I'm back. And this week's episode is Hungry, Hungry Homer. He's right, folks. The only story here is the rich, smooth taste of duck. Yes, that is an important story, but so is this! Today's episode aired on March 4th, 2001, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Conker's Bad Fur Day is released for the Nintendo 64, Janet Jackson's All For You is a hit all over the radio, and premiering 30 minutes after this episode of The Simpsons airs is the X-Files spinoff The Lone Gunman. Oh. Predicted 9-11. The pilot episode, no joke, is about the United States government or members of it doing a false flag operation of attempting to have an airplane hit the World Trade Center that uh, six months before 9-11. Kind of crazy. An X-Files-like eerie coincidence, I dare say. Mm -hmm. It definitely was a time when conspiracy theories seemed fun. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if that happened? And then right after this episode airs, the entire world becomes fixated on conspiracy theories to the detriment of the entire society. What a shame. I guess I blame Chris Carter for that. Chris, <laughs> apologize for making us all stupid. Yeah, the NWO is in Chris Carter's ear, like just uh, testing the waters on all these. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, the NWO. Yeah. It was the anniversary, you know, of the NWO forming. True. A couple days ago when we recorded this. Yeah, and, and uh, all those fans can stick it, brother. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Now the, That's right. <laughs> I think in general, 9-11 uh, really messed up the appeal of, of the X-Files for me. It just wasn't, you know, it, the, the alien stuff and the millennia stuff. Well, I guess, too, once they passed the millennia, <laughs> it was like, eh, what's, what, what are these conspiracies about anymore anyway? Did that, you watch the reboot at all? Uh, cup, first episode, and I, I hated it, actually. <laughs> about Horrific. It. Just awful yeah. stuff. And now, like, 20 years later or whatever, the government's just like, yeah, UFOs are real. Who cares? Yes. And nobody nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares at all. Yeah, they, the basic idea of that show is so passe and so, like, clearly some, we're beyond that because it's it's permeated the culture, the conspiracy theory stuff. But it's also so hokey to think the government is spying on you. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. They're definitely (laughs) spying on us. That uh, well, also the, the funniest thing with Lone Gunman is that these are three guys who are like we're not actors. They're like uh, or not all of them, and they're just like oh, they're friends of people in Vancouver. And uh, at some <laughs> point, Chris Carter could actually sell Fox on millions and millions of dollars spent on the weird nerd characters from uh, like side appearances in X Files to give them their entire show, which. Uh, you know, only lasted 13 episodes. They did air all 13 episodes, but I, I know that uh, I was in college at the time, and people in my anime club loved this show because it was they were saying <laughs> finally, it. yeah, a show yeah. about us. Yeah, 
People with weird moles all over their body. Yeah, it was a cool show, man. <laughs> and uh, I have a prepared statement about Conker's Bad Fur Day, because I think we talked about it on another podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, 2001, it's like a ghost town on the N64. The GameCube is coming out in November. And the last big games for the N64 in this year are Conker's Bad Fur Day and uh, Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in August, there's a Tony Hawk 2 port or something like that, <laughs> uh-huh. or maybe 3. But after that, like, once the GameCube comes out, there is... No- it's dead in 2002, so this is your final year to have fuzzy fun mm-hmm. uh, on a pretty bad console with some good games. The weirdly overly sexual, the uncomfortably sexual, and, and poop-related yeah. Conker's Bad Fur Day. It's, a, yeah. it's a British South Park, and I will say that if <laughs> yes. you go to uh, fangamer.com, they have official Contra- Conquer merchandise, and I'm only saying this because my wife worked on some of it. Yeah. So there's a talking plush that has his voice. The guy recorded new lines for it. There's a pin, and there's a, a very fun shirt that looks like a, a spring break 87 shirt like you would get in Myrtle Beach or something wait Conquer was raunchy oh yeah oh yeah I didn't play it at all I was already kind of petering out of the video game thing by this time and uh, I never played Conquer's Bed for a day I didn't know it was dirty uh, that changes everything I, I should have picked that game up and, and very fresh uh, parodies of Terminator 2 and the Matrix <laughs> in it yeah. well the Matrix was still kind of fresh Terminator 2 on the other hand came out in 1991 and uh, oh and also Coppola's Dracula there's an entire right. like Coppola's Dracula oh, segment God. yeah oh lord <laughs> uh, and Janet Jackson's oh. all for you a good song Just great song great video oh yeah but yes hey welcome back to our guest Dave Schilling mm-hmm. hello howdy ahoy hoy <laughs> that's what we talk on this podcast and uh, Dave you are on the Galaxy Brains podcast yes I am the host along with my good pal Mystery Science Theater 3000 host Jonah Ray. We talk about movies, TV, and overthinking. That is kind of the tagline. We just did an episode about Austin Powers, guys. Oh, yes. And the theory, We every week we kind of pose a theory, a kind of outrageous theory about a movie or a TV show. And this week, the theory was that Austin Powers is actually a movie that is primarily about daddy issues, and that Austin Powers himself, the character, is a beta male. Um, Previously to that, we did a Fast and Furious episode where I posed the question of whether or not Dom Toretto from the Fast and Furious movies is actually an angel sent Mm. to Earth from heaven by God, played by Kurt Russell. Oh, wow. That's kind of a good good example or series of examples of how ridiculous this show gets. Uh, I highly recommend everybody tune in. We had Patton Oswalt on an episode to talk about Star Wars. Uh, We had the writer-directors of Josie and the Pussycats on to talk about that movie for the anniversary. Uh, So we've had a lot of really great, great people on. By the time this episode comes out that that we're doing right now, we'll have an episode with Adam Pally about Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Nice. It's just the hits just keep on coming, guys. This is this is the best <laughs> podcast in the world next to this one. <laughs> thank that we're you. On right now. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. uh, Dave, I don't yeah, want no to spoil your Austin Powers podcast. I still need to listen to it. Did you cover at all the fake Austin Powers band Ming T at all in that podcast? It's not a fake. That's not a. It's it's not fake. I mean, they played <laughs> real music. They make Matthew real music. Sweet was in that band. It's true. It's true. But yeah. uh, I'm sure you cover the song "Daddy Wasn't There," which was an odd uh, choice, I think, for the Austin <laughs> Powers universe. <laughs> not odd at all, because that that one golden gold thing, gold member. I almost called the golden eye and goldfinger gold member is specifically just about the daddy issues that all of these characters have mm, okay if it's uh mini me who is kind of cast aside 
by Dr. Evil in favor of Scott. And then <laughs> Mini-Me starts dressing like Austin all of a sudden <laughs> to you know Austin having his daddy issues with Nigel. And then Dr. Evil finding out that Nigel is, in fact, his actual father. Like, there's just, it's it's more sort of father-son uh, drama than Star Wars. Interesting. I Star Wars I... trilogy, Austin Powers trilogy are the two best <laughs> trilogies about parenting. I'm diving into this seen. podcast after this podcast because yeah. I've only seen Goldmember once. Can you believe it? <laughs> I've you only fool. seen it once. And that was now That's almost 20 years ago. Member where he eats his own skin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like... I I just rewatched the original Austin Powers this weekend and uh, it's it, it it holds up you know it's an I, absolute classic it's one of my favorite movies of all time Mike Myers is a comic genius and if you haven't watched these movies in a long time I think you will enjoy them and you will laugh mm-hmm. quite a bit and even the stuff that's kind of offensive sure. in retrospect like the fat bastard character or just the idea of mini me um, you kind of see why he does it when you think about it you know mike myers has spoken extensively about the fact that he suffered from body image issues for Mm. years Hmm. and this kind of grotesque character was how he felt about himself when he was on snl so there's so much to unpack with these movies and we tried to do that on galaxy brains watching it this time i was like oh i scott evil is like peak millennial like he is yeah. such a perfect millennial who's who's pointing out the flaw as we would all grow up to do just pointing out the flaws in all these old movies uh while also being angry at a parent for not being there yeah it's sort of like the character from scream that was the the video store clerk oh him and jamie kennedy um, are the jamie pretty kennedy much the same guy yeah, yeah. jamie yeah. kennedy and and uh, Seth Green are of a piece, certainly. Right. And Breck and Meyer, I guess, also, you throw him into the mix. There's just like a lot of those guys in, mm-hmm. in the ni- late 90s, early 2000s. I assume they all oh, auditioned to be Scott Evil in that movie. <laughs> now, now, yeah, I would love to see who didn't get that part. <laughs> now, Seth Green is really, you know, they were equals at one point. He is so far, Seth Green jumped ahead of Jamie Kennedy in just life and success <laughs> and all those ways. But, uh, but grooming. <laughs> Uh, Rooming, uh, but but Dave, we've uh, we've talked to you before on the show. You you grew up a big Simpsons fan, and uh, it's funny we've got you for another Schwartzwelder episode. That was kind of by design. When you gave me the list of which ones to talk about, I was like, let's do a Schwartzwelder one again because he's yeah. he's the master. And this is the first episode I've been on since the now infamous, not infamous, but <laughs> but but very popular Schwartzwelder profile. Yes, yes, yeah. I kind of pulled the 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 blanket off of the uh, bed bug. <laughs> encrusted mattress that is his life mm, but the but the mystery still even his answers just created more mystery for me <laughs> in most cases that <laughs> yeah i think so I, my favorite part not to get off on too much of a tangent about john but my favorite part of the thing was when they asked him about uh homer's enemy mm-hmm. the episode <laughs> and his take on it is i i can't i can't decide if he's being sincere here or if he's just kind of projecting what the audience thought about the episode or like the stupid the the kind of stereotypical stupid person who watches the simpsons (laughs) this is their perspective as well he messed with our our homer and he got what was coming to him he had to (laughs) pay the funniest way to describe that episode is he deserved it (laughs) he deserved to die yeah what a yeah god i i loved hearing his stories about just like how much he likes working for a laugh like he's just like yeah i remember being funny and trying to be funny like that that's uh it, it was interesting to read like a profile of a comedy writer that's just not all tied up in neuroses or just you know unhappiness he's just like i like to he just really 
really liked having a good joke. I like to write and yeah. smoke. Yeah. In each stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting to to hear him talk about the life that he's created for himself because I think a lot of comedy writers they sort of rebel against the world that is presented to them. It's like, okay, this is what you have to do and whether you like it or not isn't important. You have to talk to people, you have to socialize, you have to go to the the post office. You have to do all this stuff that's that's annoying to you. You have to go into an office, whatever it is. And he's just like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I just want to write these weird books and I just want to kind of smoke cigarettes, like you said, and, and, and write jokes. And that's all I care about. He uh, said, I am not going to even try to live in your world. I'm going to create my own for myself. And that's commendable i suppose i don't i don't know i well, think I, it didn't make me like him less that's for sure no well and he i i liked how he was kind of bemused by all these you know stories being asked back to him of like hey you know is this story true is that story true just because he's you know i think it is he's surrounded by a lot of nerdy guys who you know don't uh, don't live exciting lives and so uh, a weird guy you can tell stories about like he just becomes a legend in in most ways yeah he's he's he stands out from the rest of the writers in simpsons history not just because of the quality of his work but because of how eccentric he is and you know that's not the case for everybody who mm. writes there like mm. a, they're just kind of normal people who do normal stuff and don't have these maniacal stories <laughs> about themselves he does he has just all of these very strange anecdotes people who are like he's a libertarian and he thinks this and thinks that and he actually you know did this and he would he would go write in a diner and what you know whatever it was like I, Nobody else is like that on that show. Everybody else is just kind of a normal person. My some of my favorite stories are the ones about him just being like an internet troll, basically. Of saying <laughs> like uh, Scully told us, Mike Scully told us in in our second interview with him when we asked about like what was it like writing during the impeachment because we just had a new impeachment and he he said that uh, what he mainly remembered was Schwarzwelder saying like <laughs> oh uh, uh, Clinton he, I believe he said that Clinton was going to kill himself before being yeah. impeached like that's what Schwarzwelder. <laughs> <laughs> telling everybody else uh but. yeah that didn't happen <laughs> no no, no. Um, he'll, he'll be alive to see 120 or something <laughs> but uh but yeah but he's also the baseball super fan on the staff or i guess mm -hmm. one of the biggest baseball like he he wrote the um softball episode which is like the, the classic the baseball yeah. -iest episode ever I, I think he buys with the simpsons riches uh famous baseballs i've heard yeah <laughs> i think they told a story too that like him and his bros on some birthdays he would just rent out like a baseball stadium and just play on the field Sounds... that's what drake did just did drake oh yeah just rented out dodger stadium to go on a date what <laughs> man yeah i wonder if he got that idea from uh schwartzwelder <laughs> they are they are in the, they go in the same circles i think so <laughs> uh and dave i was gonna ask you know you you're a sports fan as I sure am. uh and you're also a parent though i was curious you know what do you identify more with in this episode taking kids to a theme park or or fearing that a beloved sports franchise might leave your city that's a great question well i live in los angeles where they have you know teams did leave in the 90s so that was a bummer that we all lived through, but you know, eventually they come back and it's fine. <laughs> I think I'm more perplexed by taking my son to a theme park, especially a Legoland type theme park. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. My ex-wife is taking our son to Legoland in a couple weeks and I'm like, good luck, enjoy. What, <laughs> what's the point of this? It's like construction land. Oh boy, look at all these things you can build. No, thank you. 
<laughs> no, give, you can give me a hard hat and uh, what a, a jackhammer. You're gonna have me like uh, cut up some some uh, cement here. What is this? What is why are we? Yeah, here? I feel like no. a... Disneyland. At least I can go get a turkey leg and I can ride a ride. What, what is Legoland? A trip to the Lego store is less uh, expensive and yeah. more more time, less time consuming too. <laughs> I do love the joke of this episode where the two mascots, the, like the the wandering mascots, link up and they get stuck on each other. <laughs> I do have some preliminary info that's also related to something else Dave was on oh, another yes. podcast so the premise from this episode came from a season 8 pitch by Mike Scully where Homer gets a motorcycle and then goes on a hunger strike to protest the helmet law the idea of Homer getting a motorcycle became take my wife sleaze which oh, uh, I love that one Dave too. guessed it on if I'm not yes, if I'm not I wrong. was on that episode yeah and the hunger strike idea ended up in this one because I feel like when you have a fat guy as your main character there are like <laughs> obvious ideas I'm surprised it took this long to get the hunger strike because by by see between like no by season four they did the Homer goes to an all you can eat restaurant idea twice yeah yeah well one well, did you guys were you guys Drew Carey show watchers and know that he four years before this episode aired did a hunger strike episode as no, well no no yes yeah I I did watch Drew Carey I don't remember anything about any episode me too me too I I remember that one and I remember the episode where he uh went to court over a dirty joke offending uh coworker it was political correctness run amok yeah, i know but uh, <laughs> but but yeah funny thing that hunger strike episode was directed by sam simon oh, co-developer of yeah, the simpsons interesting okay but uh, the, yeah the late the late great sam simon uh and and also this led to some real life news of its own and I'll, i think we should just let's talk about it up front the real life albuquerque isotopes yes which uh so uh here's the history on that so in the year 2000 a year before this episode aired new mexico lost their decades old minor league team the albuquerque dukes to portland oregon so portland got that baseball team albuquerque had no minor league baseball team when this episode aired at the same time the actual mayor of albuquerque jim baca uh he was trying to get a new minor league team to move there and in early 2001 he was close to closing a deal to get to the calgary cannons but he had to get a new stadium so right after this episode aired the albuquerque local press wrote a whole thing about how like this is incredibly similar <laughs> to what's going on here and mike scully did interview like he was like like it, this is totally coincidence we were not paying attention to what's happening in albuquerque's local sports market it's just a fun word it's a fun comedy <laughs> it's word fun. that's why bugs bunny said it all those times albuquerque uh and it was a big thing for the mayor though he wanted to get back their baseball team uh they've spent 25 million in taxpayer money to build a new stadium for that team and yet Baca could not win. He lost to a Republican that November, mm. even though he got him a baseball team back. Nobody uh, really cares about minor league baseball, guys. <laughs> I, I grew up in, in an area where we had a minor league team, the Fresno Grizzlies. And they I don't think they've ever sold out since the first game. It's a beautiful <laughs> stadium. It's easy to get to there's ample parking it's just that nobody really cares even before covid <laughs> what's the point you don't know who any of these people are unless you are a fan of the team that the minor league team is the affiliate of mm -hmm. and for the the longest time at least the, the the grizzlies were the san francisco giants affiliate so you know i grew up in, near fresno and you would watch giants games all the time because that's what was on tv so you would know like oh this guy's a hot prospect or 
oh, this person is injured and they're going to do a rehab assignment uh, in Fresno and you come out and see that. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of jabronis that (laughs) are never going to make the majors. Uh, The beer is cheap and people get into fights and it's just awful. I Mm. hate minor league baseball. I do not recommend it. It should. I mean, I want these people to continue to get paid, but they get paid less than I do to play baseball. (laughs) Yes. They get paid like $40,000 a year, which no offense to anybody who makes $40,000 a year, but playing baseball is hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. You should make more. There shouldn't be a gulf between... $40,000 $40,000 and $40 million. <laughs> That's the difference between the minor leagues and major league baseball. It's uh, the tri- you know, AAA is really sounding like a scam here now. I, <laughs> it is a scam. Yeah. It's a, it's a pyramid scheme of a sort. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, in my local area, we enjoyed uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, we enjoyed our, our minor league team, but that was because like literally you'd had to, you'd either have to drive seven hours up to atlanta to see a major league game or nine hours down to miami to see a major league game yeah like those were the closest major league teams for us so it uh you came to appreciate the jacksonville suns on a certain level but you you weren't gonna get well also though i was able to watch minor league baseball the year michael jordan came to town one time playing that's amazing yeah uh that that was fun but but so they in 2003 they're about to have their first season they are pulling fans online in Albuquerque what they want the team to be and by an overwhelming majority Albuquerque isotopes wins and apparently the executives and politicians didn't like that because like, we <laughs> we don't want it to be a joke name like we and also they might they're in a legal gray area to negotiate that with Fox because <laughs> it kind of is their name well, did uh, they trademark Albuquerque isotopes it just because it's uh, inspired by an episode of the Simpsons doesn't mean they could get sued could they well based on 2003 reporting on it it sounded like Fox could have caused a thing about it wow. if they wanted to but didn't eventually I don't know if, if Fox gets any part of the profits or not but they've they New Mexico is the, their team is allowed to be called the Albuquerque mm. isotopes and uh, they also say I think their cover was, so just so you know, it's not just a Simpsons reference. Actually, New Mexico has a history of being a testing place for nuclear bombs. So mm-hmm. isotopes fun. there. Yeah. It does. That's so oh much boy. more fun than the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I, I had a friend that lived out in Santa Fe, still does, and I visited him for the first time. I flew into the Albuquerque Sunport. It's not an airport, guys. No, it's Sunport. <laughs> it's fancy. And when I landed, I was like, oh, Albuquerque, the, the, the baseball team here is named after the isotopes in the Simpsons mm-hmm. because of the Simpsons. He's like, I, I think that was a joke. And I was like, no, it's real. And he's it's like, real. I think I think it was just a joke on the show, Bob. And this was before <laughs> smartphones, so I had to wait until we got back to his house. And then I looked it up on the computer and I said, I'm right. <laughs> Thanks uh, for letting me stay with you, yeah. asshole. I'm a great guest. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, have, have either of you been to an albuquerque isotopes game no, no but now i want a hat i do want to go i love there. a hat or a shirt or something yeah if I, if I were ever i go to albuquerque to i'd go to a baseball game and in like you know 110 degree heat great oh, time to see a God. baseball game and then and then i'd go on the breaking bad tour to just see all the places they film breaking bad in albuquerque that'd be the two things i do <laughs> uh, I, I do think it is very funny when um homer breaks into the private office where all of the merch merchandise is and it's just like the ugliest like southwestern themed merchandise <laughs> yes. you could ever see there's there's a coyote with an isotopes t-shirt on there's a little little coco pelly with a baseball bat it's just <laughs> it's perfect 
You know, th uh, that hot dog like, looked pretty kind of, good at the end the of the episode. The hot dog looks amazing. Make it a veggie I can't dog on there. They got all those little like quadrants of toppings. <laughs> it's it perfect. It should be so uniform on that hot dog. The Simpsons will be right back. Next, why is Homer on a hunger strike? I'm wasting away. I'm down to a B cup. Find out on an all-new Simpsons, next on Fox. Mm. Welcome to the break, everybody, for a bold flavor they only like in Albuquerque. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Dave Schilling. As always, it's awesome to have Dave back on. Thank you so much to him for coming on. And everybody should check out his podcast, Galaxy Brains, that he does with Jonah Ray every week. And if you enjoy this podcast, you should check out patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons because that is how me and Bob do this every week as our full-time job. Thanks to loyal listeners like yourself. They subscribe there for five bucks a month and cover me and Bob's living expenses. Plus, they get so many extras for that five bucks. Five dollar and up subscribers get to hear every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad free. You get hear next week's episode right now. And you also get the same for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, and a giant back catalog of exclusive podcasts. Us covering shows like Futurama, King of the Hill, Mission Hill, and The Critic, and coming very soon. We are covering our 10 favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series only for our $5 and up subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. But if you want something extra quirky, you should sign up at the premium $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons because you get all the $5 things I just mentioned and then you get our monthly super premium podcast, What a Cartoon Movie. Me and Bob each month cover an animated feature film super in-depth just like we do The Simpsons, often for over four hours, sometimes even over five hours. We covered a wide range of films. Most recently, we did the 2D DreamWorks underrated film, The Road to El this month we're doing Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That is going to be so much fun. We have a giant back catalog of over three years worth of what a cartoon movies covering films like Disney's A Goofy Movie or The Lion King, anime like Kiki's Delivery Service or Akira, even recent stuff like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or classics like Shrek. Sign up today at that $10 level to get the entire back catalog and hear a new one each month if you go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. So, uh, so yeah, the, the the first year that they were the Isotopes, they sold more merch in like the first month than they did all previous, like the last three seasons of merchandise before. So it makes them some good money. Uh, but otherwise, basically, they have never been a team of note. They never, I couldn't find a thing on their like wiki page that said, oh, and this player played here before that. Like no, nothing like that. They It's minor league baseball. <laughs> There's nothing of note about it. Uh, it you, there are little statues of home 
Homer and Marge uh, in the stadium. Uh, though, wow, they got away with that? Well, they basically just took uh, movie theater props that were made for the movie and then just put them in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> they just fished them out of the garbage? <laughs> pretty much, yes. And, they got one of the stand stand-ups from the 7-Eleven promotion. It's like, oh, look at that. There's a Homer Simpson here. Uh, and uh, and also the the, la- the most recent Simpsons connection they had was in 2013, Ken Levine, the writer who created mm. the isotopes for his season two episode, he uh, came to town and threw out the first pitch for nice. the game. So. You know, the Incredible isotopes, uh, they weren't really used that often on the show. Uh, we had, you know, Dancing Homer. There's one joke in Lemon of Troy, like, going to win a game this year? Going to try. And yes. he throws the ball very poorly. <laughs> yes. And that's kind of it until yeah. this uh, episode. The season 10 had them win the world right. series and that was but that was the last time yeah. right yeah. and that's why they get drunk and like trash the school right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah are they meant to be a major league team or a minor league team in the show because in this episode it is implied that they are a minor league team that you know if they win or lose doesn't really matter that i think in that season 10 episode they fudged it a little bit just so their world their seeming world series win would matter more i think th- this one they are very mm-hmm. clear it's a it's a minor league team yeah. Before yeah. we begin, though, I do want to bring up one preliminary thing, one more mm. thing, because it's very important to how the Simpsons exist now, and that's the Temptation Island chalkboard gag. <laughs> yes. I love um, that. It's a, I, I forgot about that show, but they recently rebooted it, didn't they? That didn't is they very true. Yes. Uh, so this chalkboard joke, I think, came in late because they can write these in pretty late. Temptation Island had a huge first season for Fox between January and February of 2001. 16 wow. million viewers for its debut episode. So people writing scripted television are scared and they also hate this crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no one cared about the show when it came back post 9-11. It went away very quickly and uh, had a delayed third season and it just went away. But uh, you're right, Dave. It got rebooted in 2019 and is still running on USA. Man. But yeah, I just, I just felt like the only reason people remember Temptation Island is because it was the thing that was on TV around 9-11. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's that weird thing that seemed like completely out of time and irrelevant. But it was out when we were all going through this horrible (laughs) collective drama which i guess is kind of how we're going to look at things that were out around the beginning of the covid lockdown Mm -hmm. is trolls world tour will have a (laughs) special place in the hearts of millions of americans forever i'll never play animal crossing again yeah just it's the virus game Uh, i know i'm pointing this out up front i mean it's not that important uh the the board gag is temptation island was not a piece of crap i like so uh fox owns the simpsons the simpsons can just go this show on your network is a piece of shit and we hate it now now the Simpsons is like, how can we help you market your Disney Plus shows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yes, uh, check out uh, Loki. Are we going to make jokes about Loki, the character in the universe? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We are here to support Loki and his fine season <laughs> of television friends. shows. Everybody yeah. loves Loki. We <laughs> so, all love them. Yeah, <laughs> they're in a very different spot. Could could the Simpsons say, "Boy, Mandalorian season two, pu"? <laughs> I, Definitely not. No, no this no. is all. It's a world of corporate synergy and kind of hand holding between the the various franchises that are spread across the various mega conglomerates. But back then there was still this idea of like being irreverent about 
the network or the studio is kind of cool. David Letterman would always make fun of NBC and CBS on his show. The Simpsons was constantly ragging on Fox. I recently went back to rewatch The Critic on Crackle because it was on Crackle streaming <laughs> for a little bit. And they're just constantly ribbing on ABC and like ABC stinks. And I can't believe they have all these crappy shows on ABC. That would never happen. Now never, I, ever, 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 ever. It's, ever, it's an ever. era I miss seeing jokes like this, which were just, to me, in 19. 19- 99 or sorry 2001 it was like well that's tame they always make fun of fox there were two separate mary of the children is bad jokes yeah. that i love well but I, now this cannot happen a, a couple episodes ago in season 12 we talk about how on a commentary al Jean is saying like oh i was so happy to not work at disney anymore <laughs> when we i wrote this episode i'm like <laughs> yeah the the temptation island it was what i mean it was like it was too sexy that was what people were mad about right that it was like people people had they're so they uh, had sex with each other well, well yeah, it Island. Was also just like it was designed to break up relationships ah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. will you is that's why it's called temptation island is you put all these couples on the island and who's gonna have sex with the single people like they're constantly being tempted I to see. step outside of the ba- boundaries of their relationship and also which is really you know inappropriate <laughs> what was also inappropriate is that temptation island is actually a peninsula so <laughs> the lies are up front in the show actually the simpsons uh, would make that joke they would repeat the island is actually a peninsula joke with their parody of temptation island in a few oh, years that's so right <laughs> i'm stealing a joke that they stole from themselves you know infidelity peninsula there you if, go. A, if a decade can pass it's uh yeah i'm it's that's enough time but uh so i i usually note the d- deleted scenes that are on the dvds and there's only one and it comes before the first scene of the Jeez. episode uh so this opening bit is so great to me of homer strangling bart during the blocko commercial when you see it but uh in the deleted scene it actually there was one scene before that where the family is watching tv the tv says up next jack the ripper madman or visionary and homer and bart argue over madman versus visionary and homer (laughs) starts strangling bart which that's good, but I kind of prefer just see the shock of seeing Homer already strangling Bart during the commercial that opens the episode. I, I choose to believe that's how they originally wrote the joke. It's a much better joke. Yes, just yeah. why is he strangling Bart? I don't know, but this commercial has gotten their attention away from abuse. Yes. yes. But yes, Legoland had just recently opened March 1999 in Carlsbad, California, and uh, certainly somebody on the staff had gone to it to write uh, to write this opening bit here in this clip about how lame it is. <laughs> Are you sick of ordinary shaped amusement parks? Am I ever? Then be the first family on your block to visit Blockoland, the amusement park made entirely of Blocko brand assembly fun blocks. So, how much did you love Blockoland? It was all right, I guess. <laughs> Kids, how would you like to go to Blockoland! Meh. But the TV gave me the impression that... We said meh. M-E-H. Meh. Well, I'd like to go. How about you, Maggie? (laughs) 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 Maggie, no! (laughs) So officially, formally, the show has defined meh. Mm. A word that had been used before on the show, but now okay. they're saying this it is how it's spelled. Yes. Yeah. Did they invent the word? 
According to John Swartzwelder, uh, this is a quote I have from him. He says, quote, I had originally heard the word from an advertising writer named Howie Krakow back in 1970 or 1971. <laughs> Howie Krakow? That is, that is a, a great, great old-timey ad exec name. Yeah. And yeah. he insisted it was the funniest word in the world. Previously, you could say Lisa used it when, um, I believe she says, we're the MTV generation. We feel neither highs nor lows. And Homer mm. says, what's it like? And she goes, meh. Yep. So, but here they're saying this is what it's spelled like. And I've seen this word in print multiple times like thousands of times since they spelled it out on the show yeah i i believe the first use in the show was in sideshow bob roberts when lisa asked for voter records and she's like aren't they supposed to be secret meh that's what the lady replies to her i ben zimmer a writer for slate in 2013 did a very helpful piece going through how it was uh created and how uh in his estimation it might have its roots in you know yiddish uh like it's like much older than uh than the writers of these shows but uh then and oakley says they probably put it in sideshow bob roberts because swartzwalder had used it at some other point but it had gotten (laughs) cut from a script so he he gave credit to Schwarzwalder on that. But. I'm going to give all the credit to Howie Krakow. Yeah, he's a true visionary. <laughs> yeah, uh, like the Simpsons didn't invent dough or meh or yoink, but they own them. Yes, they, yeah. They own those terms. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I did a small amount of research on Lego World that it just seems like that it's a, it's a land, Henry. Lego yeah, land, it's not, a not world, expanded it's yet. One separate <laughs> peninsula in Carlsbad. Uh, and yeah, it seems like once you hit like seven, you're like ready for Universal or or Disneyland. Like it's it's not entertaining to a child any longer after that. It's not entertaining to anyone. It's the worst theme park in the world besides Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, Don't give me a theme park that is based on building things or growing things. Those are two things that are not fun. Those are jobs. Uh, I could eat I could eat some of them boysenberry pie right about now, though, from Knott's Berry. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I did see one of their most recent worlds at Legoland is Lego Movie World, uh, which has a ride based on that film. Film. And so it is the third theme park that has Chris Pratt hosting a ride. Oh my God. So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we gotta I get him at Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> he can play a Snoopy. Yeah, he said uh, Chris Pratt and Snoopy present. <laughs> I, I recently built a Lego set for the first time in maybe 25 years during the pandemic because I was like, I have nothing better to do. I've not done this in a long time. And I forgot. I thought I would just be done in a night. Like, oh, boy, am I just going to build this whole thing in a night? What a waste. <laughs> it took about four days to build wow. because I forgot the the most of what you do in a Lego set is you spend three minutes looking for each piece. You're like, all right, uh-huh. I need the circular one that is a clear yellow, but the darker clear yellow. <laughs> if I get the wrong yellow one, my brain will catch on fire. So I need to get the right little yellow disc so where is it swallowed it Uh oh i did go to the lego store in downtown disney on my recent disneyland trip and the only thing that tempted me in there was and obviously i wasn't going to spend three hundred dollars on it but there was a uh a full daily bugle that you could build that had spider-man and all his enemies uh fighting each other i was like ah that's pretty cool i'd uh, i wish i had had this 30 years earlier Mm. (laughs) but now i kind of regret not buying the simpsons house when i saw it because it it was three hundred dollars you pay so yeah the the 
Lego name costs $200. You buy a $100 thing and then you pay the $200 because it's officially Lego. But now if you want to buy it, it's like $4,000 yes, because yeah. it went out of print quickly. But what stopped me was, where, where are you going to put this? Yes, yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, why would you? Why? Why? You yeah. made it and now what? Now what are you going to do? Who cares? Throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I saw they put they made a Seinfeld one recently or it's like going to go on pre-order as of this recording soon. And I was like, that'd be fun. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Same with a Central Perk one for all yeah. your friends fans. Well, yeah, it's funny that uh, this episode avoids the use of the word Lego to the point of making a joke about it. When then in 2014, Simpsons would not only get that Lego set, but actually would do a full Lego episode. <laughs> uh, and Millhouse would do a cameo in the Lego movie. So there, there was a time when Simpsons and Lego were closer than ever. But yes, as they arrive at Legoland, we get some fun theme park jokes of uh, just really their main street looks more like a Disneyland mm-hmm. Lego than it feels like it's just Disneyland. But if it was made out of Lego, is there Legoland jokes? But or Blocko Land. I also like hearing Marge say Squaresville sounds pretty cool. That's a very Marge. <laughs> line. That's a great Marge line. Uh, I also love Homer. Uh, his reaction to seeing the commercial is such a long wind up because any viewer knows of like, well, the Simpsons saw things on tv they're gonna go there so just how long he makes you wait of like how would you like to go (laughs) yeah he's so impressionable i think that's part of what we love about our homer is that he will just do or say anything what was the the schwarzwelder quote where he's like if he had to rescue his family or bend over to pick up a penny he would pick up the penny first yeah because it's like oh there's a penny like that's just it's really um it's like a dog like he's like a puppy dog and we love puppies don't we folks Mm -hmm. and we love homer because they serve the same purpose in our lives as they are so excited about the things that we don't care about anymore Mm -hmm. kids dogs and homer (laughs) and and dogs are destructive too but you can't hate them you know you just don't know if it's your dog anyway yeah (laughs) uh we get a quick rock'em sock'em robots joke which uh was seeing a bit of a rebirth in the late 90s you know the reference to this uh these old-timey commercials is somebody saying you knocked his block off i went back to the old commercials and the the statement kids say when they lose is in the passive voice so in the commercial uh somebody either says his block was knocked off or my block was knocked off not you knocked his block off i think it's important people know (laughs) they misremembered this 60s Uh, commercial because they didn't have youtube you don't have youtube in a writer's room this is what happens well, now they have every single video they could possibly want. Yeah. So they don't make mistakes like that anymore. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. So it's uh, in the room. I, I saw in, in the year 2000, WWF had their own Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Toy Story 2 had a Rock'em Sock'em Robots those. joke. Yeah. yeah. It was a weird kind of um, recycling of the nostalgia. For some reason, they came back. I guess it was, do you remember Karate Fighters? Uh, what the video was, game? The, oh no! It, okay, no, Karate Fighters was sort of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but what it was is two karate guys uh, that you would kind of like press. The, you had like a, a trigger and like you'd move them around and they would kick at each other. Right. And eventually, yeah. like their head would pop off hmm. or something. They're freed um, of the floor of a boxing ring. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> like the Rock'em Sock'em guys. Yeah. As, as they continue in Block of Land, they're riding a boat. Homer realizes they're all everything's made out of blocks, which is great. But I really don't like Homer throwing. Uh, Lego blocks in Lisa's face for so long. It's so mean. <laughs> this is really it did good. make me laugh. When he's just completely oblivious to the pain and suffering that he causes his family, 
I laugh every time. And lots of really good Lego foley. I could just feel someone like rifting around inside of a bucket of Legos. Now, this is before the standard joke about Legos was like hurting your foot walking yeah. on it. There's no no jokes about that. But uh, this uh, Homer, though, I, I also like the joke that the security guard who tells Homer to stop, he can walk on the water just fine. And Homer <laughs> instantly plunges into it like it's six <laughs> feet deep. Uh, and and as they leave, uh, they then uh, as they head home, Lisa has has a problem. Oh, why did I get this Lego shirt? Don't you mean Blocko shirt? Right, right. Blocko <laughs> shirt. Lisa, how's your Eiffel Tower kit? It's okay, but it's missing a piece. Welcome to real life, Lisa. You can't fight City Hall, a.k.a. Blocko Land. So don't even try. What kind of a thing is that to tell your children? It's what I always tell them. I told them that twice yesterday. And then again as they were going to sleep. I'm sure the gift shop will replace the missing piece. You're right, honey. Hear that, kids? The Simpsons are going to Blockoland! Yay! Excuse me? Uh, great restatement of just they head to Blockoland. Everyone's on board time. again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I mean, uh, Dave, as a father, have you have to dealt with a kid missing a piece from their thing? And then what, what do you do then? Well, he's three and a half, so he'll just look at, you know, uh, a sparkly medallion or something and forget <laughs> all about it. Just You just turn on TV. He's like, oh, this thing is on now? He's kind of like Homer Simpson in that way. He'll yeah. forget all about the thing that he was mad about if you give him something else to think about. Um, <laughs> thank God. But at some point, yeah, he's going to be like, no, I need that piece. Mm. I can't live unless I have this part of the train set. Actually, this morning, he uh, was eating a piece of lemon cake from Starbucks. Mm. And he picked it up and, you know, a piece fell off. And he said, my lemon cake is broken. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's, food doesn't really break. It just kind of like falls apart and you can still eat it. You know, we, I cut up your corn dogs and your pizza when you eat your pizza. He's just looked at me, didn't blink and said, my lemon cake is broken. <laughs> and he just kept saying it over and over again. Like, like this was the end of the movie seven and he just saw his wife's head in a box. It was horrible. And that's and all. I, could, I, I just had to start eating it to convince him that it wasn't broken, that it was just food, <laughs> that food doesn't break. It, you can't, I can't glue it back together, but he kept asking me if I could fix it. Oh. And this was kind of like, you know, not getting the piece of the blocko, Eiffel Tower, uh, <laughs> but at least Homer could solve the problem. I couldn't solve the problem of the broken cake. I can just imagine seeing a like a disheveled middle-aged man at a bus stop muttering to himself, "My lemon cake is broken. My lemon cake, My lemon cake broken. is broken." <laughs> no one intervened. Yeah. Like you, it's a good thing you intervened because yeah. that could have been your son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. He just kept saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, and eventually, I was like, "No, food doesn't break." And he said, "No, Dad." <laughs> wow. Cake is not food. Oh, he's got you there. Cake is for your birthday. And I was <laughs> like, God damn it, your logic uh, is so bizarre and away from actual reality. I can't reason with you. Whatever, it's broken. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then we moved on with our day. 
Buy just buy another one. That's the trick. Uh, uh, that, That'll our... break too. God, uh, I don't know how to solve this. I'll just like <laughs> shove it into a ball and throw it at him. <laughs> uh, so they they head back to Blocka Land. Uh, they're they're packing up for the night, which seems inefficient to me. But uh, but uh, Homer demands satisfaction. Uh, he he is first denied it, and then he tells him that uh, I've got a little souvenir for you. So I guess it's supposed to be posed like he's gonna give him the bird i suppose or like, punch him or punch him yeah yeah uh, but i really want that snow globe he he opens up the one bob has it as his background for this recording <laughs> i i love that snow globe so much they you can buy homer simpson snow globes but not but not that one and i i would really like to have that it's a failure on on disney's merchandising arm They'll get around to it. Don't worry. <laughs> They're combing through episodes thinking about new toys to me. Uh, I also like when Homer helps Lisa that he's like, any friend of Marge is a friend of mine. Like he, <laughs> he has forgotten that Lisa is his daughter at this point. <laughs> I love that line, too. Really uh, and then comes a joke about police brutality, which I was like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> like, they didn't have that back then, guys. Yeah. Don't worry about it. They were putting out a shirt fire. Uh, I love my favorite bit is when Homer drives up and the cops, instead of like the, the cops scatter like they are a gang of thugs and just like <laughs> not authority figures like, ah, oh, get out of here. Oh, Jesus. We've, like, yeah. we've been caught. Was caught. Wiggum in there? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. It was the usual trio beating him, but right. <laughs> which, which that's funny that Homer's like he thinks he's stopping police brutality but actually it was the police helping and it's you know may- snake of course uh, thank the- god it wasn't uh carl or something yes yeah they wouldn't they weren't ready to go there with that kind of joke yet <laughs> right and they never will again family guy would have gone there oh, with yeah. that joke oh, for sure boy, you're probably right to yeah, be extra- that's, there's the difference between the two mm-hmm. shows yeah. and to be extra cruel homer sprays asphalt all over snake as he feels away <laughs> as his fire starts to reconsume him too which, <laughs> What do you guys think about Snake? I like Snake. He's fun. It's uh, I like that he can get away with doing the worst stuff and still be a funny character in the show. Yeah, I think he's a really underrated supporting character. I feel like there are so many disco stew episodes or comic book guy <laughs> episodes. We've never really gotten the definitive mm. Snake episode. Some so of my- if, you're li- if you're listening to this and you are still writing for The Simpsons, please do a Snake episode. Pitch it. I bet Selman is at least receptive I'll, to a snake. I'll talk. To, I'll uh, please. And, like, and make sure. What about a snake episode? And make sure they don't like, call shut him. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> make sure they don't call him Jailbird. Yes. I think there's still a feud in the writers' room if he's Snake or Jailbird. Uh, he calls himself Snake. I know. I, yeah. I think How would there be any debate about what his name is? I think they officially made his name Snake Jailbird. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's also funny. It feels like they thought they might cut one of those scenes or the other because Homer asks Lisa twice of like, "Hey, are you happy you got that fixed?" And she's like, "Yep." Like, and then the next morning he's like, "I feel pretty good. You got your Eiffel Tower finished, right?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, it, and then it stops mattering completely. Yeah, I though I you know we have a jingle that I won't use because uh, but I I made a jingle to play when un, there's an unexpected act one uh, shift. But this one really does kind of follow the whole way so. through. Homer does stick to his fight for the little guy. His hunger strike still technically is a fight for the little guy, like he's doing in Act One. It's just it's tortured. Yeah, I understand that. Like <laughs> there's a 
there's a uh, consistency to, to the character. But boy, I just completely forgot about Blocko Land by the time <laughs> we get to Homer and the hunger strike and his beard and that he has to tie his pants uh, with a rope. Oh, <laughs> sure. I just lost. I've lost the plot at that point. Uh, well, Homer decides he's going to be this kind of guy this week. And uh, first, he, uh, his next step is to help Bart. Got a problem, Bart? The girl at school won't go to the dance with me. Bart's got a girlfriend. No, I don't. That's the problem. <laughs> Bart's got a problem. Don't worry, son. I'll handle this. Come on. Why won't you go out with Bart? He's a smelly, ugly dork. Please. Ugly is such a smelly word. <laughs> Who would you rather go out with? Tommy. Well, duh. He's breathtaking, but Bart has inner beauty, like you'd find in a rodent. And face it, you're no prize either. You wear braces, you dress like a kid, and you're not getting any younger. Take what you can get. He's right. Grab something and don't let go. Well, Bart's not so bad. <laughs> Not the first time Homer compared him to a rodent. Yes, yeah. Bart Bart as Rat Boy is one of my all-time favorite bits. And this just seeing him nibble on that thing while looking uh, like that's such a funny drawing of Bart. It's it's interesting that in, in at least the two episodes that we've talked about that are written by John, the Simpsons characters, a family, is so much more reprehensible <laughs> than... They are in other episodes. Like Bart is grotesque. Lisa is actively mean hmm. to everyone. Marge is just uh, so nerdy, so pathetic. <laughs> and Homer is dumber and more malicious. Just everybody's uh, worst qualities are turned up. Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the main cast, everyone's worse. <laughs> um, I think he did. I, I don't know if he has contempt for the characters or he has contempt for the idea of the family unit in general well, I but it comes out i think it's been episodes. said i think it's been said he had to be reminded that marge and lisa exists because oh, sure, yeah. he just wouldn't put oh, them yeah, in oh yeah they're barely in, the scripts. in this episode uh, yeah i i like the writing of homer being uh his way of getting bart a, a date is to make her feel so bad about herself she'll go <laughs> on a date with bart like uh, <laughs> and that krabappel is As there bart is disgusting yeah yeah and krabappel is there to represent the woman in her 40s to just be like <laughs> no seriously just take what you can get like you you can't die alone it also <laughs> feels like they're tossing out a, a bad idea for a plot where like homer goes back to school <laughs> yes yes and uh it's well, a yeah, very happy like gilmore seven different episodes you could have done in this this episode uh and that is another thing that i think in this period of the simpsons is frustrating is boy you just you just cram so much story into this not knowing that this is going to be a show that's on for another 20 years <laughs> but yeah. you should have done like you should have split these up instead of one episode that is about homer taking them to blocko land <laughs> Homer becoming a good Samaritan or sticking up for the underdog. Homer going to school to be like Bart's advocate. And then the isotopes moving to Albuquerque. All of those could have been their own episode. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get. Well, you know, back then the style at the time was uh, seventeen beast. You know, the Seinfeld normalized it. It was just uh, well, what's a you know a smart sitcom? You got to have a million beat plots. That's that's the point. Yeah, but at least it, with Seinfeld, they would all kind of come together at the end, and you get kind of like a satisfying resolution for all of them. With The Simpsons, it's kind of it meanders from one set piece <laughs> to the next or one sketch to the next. It's more of like you put together all these SNL sketches into twenty two minutes. Or something. Oh yeah, it's I mean this fine. This is a hilarious episode. It's just a, an interesting way to write a story. <laughs> uh, and so we we head to uh, Harry Shearer's, uh, which had been previously seen <laughs> in the two Miss Nahas and Pima Petalons <laughs> in season nine, uh, which uh, Marge wants to get streaks in her hair. And uh, these, I mean, look, these guys, these hairdressers, <laughs> quite quite uh, effeminate stereotypes. But I, I, I lo- literally lighten loafers yeah. at some point. Yeah, uh, loafer lightener. I love how much Homer helps them though. In this clip like he's he, he like the, the, i'll just play it i cannot streak that much hair think of the cost i'd be ruined oh really boy you were kidding your profit margins are razor thin you see this is what i'm wait a minute <laughs> 400 a month for loafer lightner <laughs> but we must have it it is the lifeblood of the industry you get the same results with a minching gel. But of course, I will save thousands. Thank you. Oh, homie, I love them. I can't thank you enough. The satisfaction of helping another human being is all the thanks I etc. <laughs> and I gave that man directions, even though I didn't know the way, because that's the kind of guy I am this week. <laughs> That didn't feel like the <laughs> yes. intended act break. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, I forgot about a uh, mincing gel. Yeah, this is like yeah. They, uh, you know, at least Hank horrible. gave the guy a French effeminate accent and not just your standard American, mm-hmm. you know, effeminate gay He's guy say, accent. He, you know, Hank Azaria is a master of swishy accents. He mm-hmm. has he, he has them in so many other ways. <laughs> yeah. the, the Birdcage, one of his great live action performances, mm-hmm. which he, would, he plays a, a, a gay character, which would become the character. Julio on the show who was uh, recently recast with the great by the great Tony Rodriguez. Hmm. He's a cool friend of the show, of uh, or friend of a friend of a show. I, I've never been myself, but anyway, I also like uh, that Homer uh, just breaks out their books. Like that's the <laughs> and he's he's actually helping them. He cuts but, to him in like a little costume. That's great, helping them out. He becomes magically competent in something that he otherwise would not be. So, do you think the original act break was that it's it's what happens right after this where Homer decides he's going to help with the baseball team and then it in and then it goes to commercial because definitely this feels very unnatural but in a good way I I like this act break it's weird that the I mean some shows are like this but the act break it's st- it stops at Moe's bar and then picks up again in the same scene yes it does yeah. feel like there was just some arbitrary line drawn well, like this this line is the funniest line to go out well, on well that one little note there at the Blink. end of like think yeah. like, like yep that's the end that's the act break Blink. you heard it <laughs> could have also just been like well we want to put the commercial at this point in the show and it's running long on this side and so we have to do it here it is very odd <laughs> because you ideally go out on some sort of cliffhanger or a thing that has changed a, a major shift in the story has occurred that will convince you to keep watching that didn't happen here at all and <laughs> this is a thing yeah homer just says like hey for this week i'm this type <laughs> of guy and that's that <laughs> like yeah i now uh i've i had found this online but i couldn't find a source saying it was definitely true but 
Some fans of the band Fallout Boy think that this line is a reference to, was referenced in one of their biggest hit songs of Fallout Boy, Sugar We're Going Down, mm. at the start of that, because that's just who I am this week. That, that's the You know song. what, I, I, I was just over the line of oldness <laughs> for Fallout Boy. Too old for Fallout yeah. Boy. I mean that's it's a fair thing to uh, to guess because their name is a Simpsons reference. So. It's true. I believe yeah. named by fans as well. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. They've been forever stuck with just like the isotopes. Same same deal. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah, I uh, the pronouncement by Homer of just like, well that's the plot of this week that I'm the guy who helps. The <laughs> uh, but yes, we come back from the commercial break and this is when Lenny is complaining to Homer and I just love that Lenny he's like so many americans who hate these results of it of this you know corporate consolidation but just uh, still buys the product <laughs> anyway like, sweet stuff sweet uh, sweet stuff i uh but yeah see we also learned that the isotopes are no longer owned by mr burns who uh, was previously their owner in the first appearance is mm. why they were called the isotopes that's right yeah but uh but yes uh homer learns about the isotopes and their big problems wait a minute Duff owns the Springfield Isotopes? Since when? They bought them a year ago from the Mafia. It was the last of the family-owned teams. <laughs> I tried to return my season ticket, but they wouldn't give me my money back. They said they wanted it. <laughs> they no more. I'll help you, Lenny. You want to help me? Well, haven't you heard? He's the new Homer. He's wonderful. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they said they wanted it. That's a great, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> so point, Lenny. Mr. Burns owned the isotopes. Then he sold the team to La Cosa Nostra. Mm -hmm. And then they sold the team to the Duff Corporation. I, I choose to believe that the mafia was always silent co-owners. Yeah. And then they they took it back fully from Burns and then sold it to the Duff company. <laughs> so we, we have to assume it's, uh, uh, what's his face, Joe Mantegna's character. What's yeah, Fat name? Tony was involved Fat in one Tony time. Fat Tony must yeah. have been one of the silent partners in the isotopes, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, it's great that, like, oh, yeah, what was the family-owned team? Well, the family was the mafia, but technically <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, definitely in the 90s, too, it was about complaining that, oh, all the big companies are buying all the sports teams. They're not owned by, like, crazy families anymore like they used to be. Yeah, it's funny now we're at a point where they're still owned by crazy families, but they're, like, ultra billionaire crazy people like steve ballmer buying the clippers <laughs> yes, yeah. or uh um tillman fertita owning the rockets like these people who are such eccentrics james dolan owning the knicks they're not quite as uh, wholesome as like the o'malley's own the dodgers and people thought oh it's sort of like a it's like a real family-owned business everybody <laughs> knows each other now it's just a giant corporation that happens to be owned by you know some family that vacations on a giant mega yacht or something it, it's i don't know what's better i don't mm. know if, if it was better for the dodgers to be owned by fox <laughs> or by a mysterious consortium of 70 rich people <laughs> i have no idea it doesn't matter, but it was so controversial at this time. The idea of teams being bought by corporations or moving to other places. Now it's just kind of we're just we just accept it the steve ballmer seeing it sounded like a trade-up from the old guy who used to own the, the <laughs> oh Cooper's god there. yeah steve ballmer just like rubs people's thighs during the middle of a basketball <laughs> cool. game but he isn't actively racist so yeah. that's good yeah uh, we'll give him that well in these days you know the the rumor is that uh, the, the oakland a's are gonna move to to portland which i'd i'd be really sad to i i've gone to two a's games in my life but you know we're we're east bay guys i'll be really sad if we we are 
already lost the Warriors to the fucking and city. the the Raiders and the Raiders. Vegas. Yeah, can't we at least keep the baseball team, there, <laughs> please? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody in the East Bay is going to want to root for the Giants mm-hmm. uh, or for the 49ers or anything like that. It's just not. It's a different world, the mm-hmm. East Bay. It's sort of like Shelbyville and Springfield. Yeah, very different places, San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, I mean, it's such a pain in the ass to even go. I went to the Giants stadium once, uh, or not, sorry, the uh, the 49ers new stadium once, and that was for WrestleMania, which actually I'm wearing the WrestleMania Ooh. 31 shirt right now. Nice. But, yeah, that place sucks. That is the yeah. worst stadium <laughs> yes. I've ever been to in my life. It is awkwardly laid out. It is really hot, and there's no place to park, and there's no way to get there via public transportation. Incredibly could, remote, yeah. Yeah, you could take the, the VTA or whatever it's called, but you'd have to – if you live in San Francisco or Oakland or wherever, like do seven different transfers just to get on that train. Mm-hmm. Well, the sta- it's, yeah, it's the worst. It's this, the worst. The, the, these candlesticks <laughs> seem like uh, the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the statement is: if you can't drive here yourself, you're scum. We don't, we don't want, want you here. You. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We only want people who live in Silicon Valley to come to our football games. Ah, man, the Bay Area, I tell you. Yeah. But you know, uh, the Isotopes branded stuff too. The last time I went to Universal Hollywood, Was, I tried. Uh, no, I wasn't there. Uh, no. <laughs> I really wanted to win one of those isotopes. They have isotopes branded stuff there too. Like you can play this, you know, crooked baseball game of like mm. knock over the cans and, and uh, for $7 a try and you can <laughs> win an ice. I couldn't just buy an isotopes stuffed baseball. It had, I had to try to, I lost $14 on that damn game. Didn't even win it. <laughs> can I ask a, a kind of a, a similar, but slightly off topic question? Sure. How long is the Simpsons land going to last in Universal Studios? Uh, At what point is that contract up and they're moving it to Disneyland? You know, the the when I've ever looked into these rumors, the rumors are it was a 20-year contract, which would mean like, oh, a 2029 or 28 is, is when it would be up. And so uh, I – and I definitely don't think – Disney will let Universal keep having Simpsons things there. So absolutely not. Yeah, that is over as soon as they can end it. But does 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 it make sense to put the Simpsons in Disneyland? You know, DCA is the dirtier, drinkier side of Disney. Sure, I think, that makes sense. Yeah, they do Springfield in California Adventure, and DCA sucks, so they just need to, you know. <laughs> or, well, they're, they're, they did their uh, Marvel Avengers <laughs> thing. They've got a Guardians of the Galaxy thing now. Like, it's fine. It's, it's like it's, half. Good. I liked it before. I liked it when it was just California themed because I grew up in California, and I just like to feel superior to every other state. <laughs> it's nice to be like, yeah, we have our own theme park. How about that? I just don't Nebraska, know Nebraska. Where... You don't have your own. <laughs> theme park i don't New know where Mexico. they where would they put simpsons land though uh you or know if they re if they if they build a new one i went to that avengers land uh opening and as i walked around the rest of dca i was like there is so much dead space here mm, yeah. i can yeah i they're, can they're, they can put it anywhere they, they're they're slowly but surely withering away the rest of the park so that they can just start bulldozing things some yeah. rides are gonna have to go i'm, I'm afraid monsters inc Sully to the yeah. rescue or whatever get out of town <laughs> flying o- soaring over the world goodbye yeah. uh that 
but yeah, Soren over Springfield is what's coming. Ooh, mm, baby, I'm up for that. Yeah, I, I mean Grizzly Peak too. Like things like open closed half the darn year. Like yeah, there's there's many places Springfield could fit in. So that I would figure eventually, uh, it it will. Uh, which I would be sad. I do like Universal Springfield. I don't love it, but I do like it. There's there's a lot of quality things about it. But but yeah, they including uh, Isotopes content. You can get you can get a stuffed dancing Homer there. You can't Ooh. get anywhere else. I hmm. want that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Well, you're gonna have to win that game that I could win to to get one of them. You can buy an official fitted hat from the Albuquerque Isotopes website for forty dollars. Man, for a hat, it's a good. It's a good hat. I guess a fitted hat. Forties, not as bad. They have different hats for like twenty, twenty four, twenty eight bucks. That's how much a new era hat is these days is 40 bucks I, I hate to break it to you guys it's been a while since i bought a hat awesome. at a baseball stadium i the last baseball hat i got was an oakland a's hat for free on hat day when i went there <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's what they have to give away stuff to get people to go to a, an Oakland A's game. And, and the A's lost 9-1 that day. And, uh, Did you throw your hat down and stomp on it? That's why they gave you the uh, hat, Henry. Uh, we, we left in the sixth inning because it was like, yeah, this ain't going any better. Henry, maybe you should do a, a hunger strike to keep them from moving to Portland. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, yeah. once they announce it, I'm going to do it. Uh, but, yeah, so Homer heads to the baseball stadium. At first, can't find where he has to be. I, I love the guy telling him, like, that's the where we keep the water heater that's a tractor <laughs> i see uh but then homer finally gets to the room we and can you believe so they have had before this like in the prohibition episode they do have people who represent the guy who owns duff but this is the first time i think they really hammered home like this is henry k duff howard k duff the second the owner the, of the Duffs. uh so he's the eighth the eighth oh, and sorry. then when he comes back he's the seventh and people are just saying that's a different character no they just forgot he was the eighth yeah i'm, I'm and, pretty sure uh so yeah he makes multiple appearances he's like in about four episodes as a Is presence it Stacey Keach again it's stacy keach yeah, yeah and both times yeah. he last appeared in 2015's uh waiting for duff man mm. So, uh, yeah, That's he fine. was last in an episode six years ago, and I want to say he's on the show because he was on the Fox sitcom Titus. I think you're right. Which was advertised oh. to me as Norman Rockwell on acid. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> wow. a twisted sitcom. That was corporate synergy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if oh you if you God. just Google Titus sitcom and look at Google image search, it is the most 2000s core thing you'll ever see. There's, like, bowling shirts with flames on them. Yes. And uh, classic oh, yeah. cars. It's, it's real <laughs> uh it's real swank. Tacky bullshit. But I watching this episode last night, I, I kept wondering what's Stacy Keach doing playing this very small part? This could have easily just been Hank Azaria or Harry Shearer or somebody. Why is it Stacy Keach? It's not a big part, but now it makes sense. The secret is is comedy mastermind Christopher Titus. <laughs> Where is he now? He I like I I bet a random night in Vegas you could see Chris Titus, you know. Yeah, I, I think he's still doing stand up. Uh I believe he's fairly outspoken on mm, Twitter. Mm. Uh I think he's outspoken in not the bad way, but mm. in the good way. Okay. If that I mean, you know, it's bad and good as relative when people are annoying on social media, but he is not advocating for the overthrow of the United States government. So that's nice. You know, if that's he can good. clear that bar, that's yeah. good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm looking that's at how I decide who my friends are going to be. Are you advocating for the overthrow of the U.S. government? No? Okay, great. We're good. I'm looking at pictures of Titus, the cast, and one of the characters is literally wearing like an old-timey work shirt with a name tag on it, and under that is a long sleeve shirt with tribal patterns coming off the sleeve. Oh. So 
uh, guys, you can't do the long sleeve under the short, short sleeve. I see it today, and I, I got to ask, what year is this? You know, Stacy Keach, he's really, I, I I love him. I, anytime I see him and stuff, I'm like, wow, Stacy Keach, what a great. Absolutely like, fantastic in the movie Gotti. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> as he explains all five burrows that make there the fist. Five <laughs> burrows, one for each of my fingers, and I'm going to ball it up into a fist. Yeah, it's a great, stupid the, monologue. The, well, though, there's one thing that Stacy Keach isn't, is that he's not. Not Italian. He really isn't. So not even close. Yeah, he's he's very far. You look at his face like that is like what Scotch Irish or just like pure like he's a drunk Irishman. Hundred percent pure pit bull. Yes, and yeah. apparently he has a Twitter account, but I feel like it's one of those celebrities who sells their name to a Twitter like company and they just put tweets on his timeline for him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I also Keach. He's funny on a later commentary. They get him in, and uh, he is talking about how like oh i'm about to be in pixar's planes and that movie like didn't come out for three years but he was still still he was like breaking news that he had been cast in pixar's planes he didn't even care but i don't even think that was a pixar movie i think that was just like a disney ripoff when uh, they were thinking true. about like separating like it, when there was that period of time when they weren't sure if they were to continue their relationship and then of course disney just buys them yeah planes is just one of those direct to dvd ripoff that's movie. so yeah you messed up you messed up stacy keach you got into one of the real pixar movies i bet he was told this is a pixar movie you're doing and he's like all right finally and that's then- <laughs> that's one of the directed dvd movies that john lasseter didn't kill because cars made so much fucking money they're mm-hmm. just like let just let planes happen all right if, if we put i if we put googly eyes on these planes we make a billion dollars selling planes to kids just let us do it <laughs> uh, but yes, Homer uh, in, confronts him, and that's when he finds a secret room. What a crazy room. There's no help at Kirky Isotopes. It's the Springfield. Oh. No, no, there's no oh. <laughs> You're moving the team to Albuquerque, aren't you? No, no, we would never abandon our loyal Springfield fans. By the way, all this barging into rooms marked private must have made you thirsty. Would you like a beer? Well, okay. But you can't silence Homer Simpson. I'm the friend of the downtrodden, and I'm not going to forget what I saw here today. Of course not. Duffman, could you bring in two bottles of smooth, untainted Duff? <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> now, Homer, we've developed this additive that makes beer super, super malty. Care to try it? Wait a minute. Will this erase my memory? No, not at all. <laughs> Man, that is malty. But he'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) What a great plan. The beer Uh, was just there to mock his unconscious body. That's so great. Yeah, just his saying like pure untainted stuff. And he meant it. It was pure and untainted. When I listen to this character, the way he reads him, this probably should have just been Rip Torn. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's you... doing kind of a Rip Torn impression here, as as Hank K. Duff or Henry K. Duff, whatever his name is. Yeah, it's just the same the same vibe as like Artie from Larry Sanders or something. Oh yeah, yeah. When I was watching this, I thought it was Rip uh, Torn because I forgot who voices this character, and when we got to stage the keech in the credits, I was like, oh, it's not, it's not Rip Torn, but it's <laughs> yeah. he's doing that. Yeah. Oh, when you say, oh yeah. 
yeah, you can just say, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, turned I do on... love Duffman. <laughs> uh, anytime Duffman shows up and just starts thrusting in the air at the end of the episode when he falls over and he just starts humping the air, it just it makes me laugh every time. Every time uh, Duffman appears, Yellow gets a big fat paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I, uh, my favorite Duffman <laughs> moment of all time is, of course, Duffman can't breathe. Oh. Uh, that nothing will ever top that line reading for me uh, for the, the rest of time. There's there's new Duffmans every time because I think Mo murdered that Duffman <laughs> with that with that t- sticker over his face. Oh yeah, no, he's like the Phantom. Is it yeah. just a mantle that's passed down from generation <laughs> to generation? Another uh, one The seventeenth Duffman. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I also just love the way Keach says like all this barging into rooms marked private must have made you thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think too for scully i i'm certain it's the tightest connection but i also know that like scully and his generation writers they did enjoy cheech and chong movies where yeah. stacy keach played the the cop admiral in buzzkill or whatever his name was <laughs> right, in those yes. movies they they missed me you know we we had beavis and butthead and we had uh dave Chappelle. like we we didn't need i didn't need cheech and chong stoners to teach me I, about pot. i tried to watch Cheech and Chong movies when I was in high school and they're kind of hard to watch. They're paced in a very weird way. They're 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 ambly and they lope about and nothing really happens, which I guess is the point because mm. it's supposed to mimic the feeling of being on drugs. I oh, God. I wonder what like a 17-year-old now would think of watching Half Baked. Like would they think it's just as like uh, <laughs> a bad Henry, I'm Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like what who cares? Everybody smokes weed. What is this? This I'm, is dumb. I'm sure there are 17 YouTube videos that are like a teenager reacts to half baked. <laughs> Probably saying, "Boy, you guys did prison rape jokes a lot back then, didn't you?" Yeah, this is a really homophobic movie. Yes, yeah. Why is he talking about sucking dick? This is wrong. <laughs> Homer passes out. He uh, briefly loses his memory, <laughs> and then gets it back instantly. When when Bar- <laughs> I I I always I I love saying I'll be quirky. Like yeah. I'll be quirky. Occasionally yeah. I'll be quirky. <laughs> an, an incredibly unnatural way to say something but uh and it's cute he's in the snoopy position bart says good grief that's fine that's uh but, uh but yes then uh homer oh you know right before that scene starts i also love that homer tries to get the refund he's told no and he walks away he's like so want to grab something to eat no homer's <laughs> just... <laughs> trying to make just a friend date with this guy but uh, <laughs> But yes, then Homer heads there and back and he's going to expose everything to the journalists. I wish Dave Shutton was among these journalists. You know, the the animators missed on in, including Dave Shutton among these guys. But then I also love the Duffman in full Duffman costume wears a costume on top of that costume <laughs> to, to play a journalist among this group. And he's referencing a band episode. That's right. This never, this never happened. He's, he's referencing Stark Raving Dad, the third season premiere which is not on Disney Plus. Uh, it's on millions of DVDs and in all our memories, but not on Disney Plus. Okay, wait, wait. Re- remind me what this one's about because I don't remember the controversy around The, the Michael that. Jackson on- episode. Yeah. Oh, that's why. All right. Yep. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> Was Duffman in that one? Uh, no, no, no. no. He, he only appeared in season... Uh, actually, okay, eight, so what's the nine. reference? Oh, it's that oh, Homer nine, nine. went to a loony bin that he had oh, okay, been... okay, thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> For wearing a pink shirt. That yes. works. <laughs> uh, but, but Homer is ready to reveal the truth in this next clip. Members of the media, thank you for coming. The proof that the isotopes are moving to Albuquerque is right behind this door. 
Excuse me, Joel Duffman, the Newsly Times. What's with the smear campaign against this beloved brewer? <laughs> and weren't you once in a loony bin? Oh, yeah. He's right, folks. The only story here is the rich, smooth taste of Duff. Yes, that is an important story. But so is this. And... <laughs> well, I think I know tomorrow's headline. Local man is liar. That is a good headline. <laughs> That's great. The local, like they just accept, like yeah, local man is liar. We're gonna put that on the, <laughs> the headlines. I uh, do wonder why Homer uh, in this episode is so against Duff. Mm. I understand that he is the working man's uh, champion here, but. Homer Simpson loves Duff beer. Yeah, his his love of Duff beer is kind of lost in all this. Like that his his drinking is a non-factor one way it's, or the yeah, other. It's been curtailed significantly yeah. in this episode, seemingly just for the convenience of the plot they wanted to tell. Mm. But I think it would be really interesting if this episode had been <laughs> Homer kind of grappling with whether or not his alcoholism was going to win out <laughs> over his morality. Uh, you know, maybe during his hunger strike, he also was saying like well this i'm drinking this isn't food and he just like drinks beer <laughs> off screen every time well he i mean he did right. announce i'm a different person this week so yes that's uh, true he just yeah, he let his alcoholism yeah. slide sure, away yeah i'm sure if you ask schwartzwelder like well why, how come he'd be like well no homer changed yeah he became a different man he learned a valuable lesson in this episode uh i i i love any wah-wah joke especially the or womp womp but especially when it's like one uh like one second on screen is that <laughs> trump uh, trump guy trumbo guy the uh, also, then Homer, he uh, he's slandered in the news some more. He's got a, a court case against this guy here, honestly, for all the uh, libel he's getting from uh, from his, uh, Howard K. Duff. This is when Homer realizes he can't stands no more. I don't mind being called a liar when I'm lying, or about to lie, or just finish lying, but not when I'm telling the truth. Yeah, but what can you do? There's all kinds of ways to get the public on your side. Bob Dylan wrote songs. Cesar Chavez staged hunger strikes. That's it. I'll go on a hunger strike. Oh, only you couldn't keep up a hunger strike. You eat while you brush your teeth. <laughs> You're eating a huge sausage right now. <laughs> so, I can stop, and I will stop. I'm on a hunger strike starting right now. Mm. Wow, such good uh, fist and mouth acting by Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, was that uh, the act break? That was the okay, act break. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I. You know, when I hear Homer enjoying eating himself, I am reminded of one of the most disturbing Treehouse of Horrors ever, the Treehouse of Horror 28, where Homer actually does start eating himself until he dies. And it's just like he eats one finger and then he eats his whole hand and a foot. And it's just like, it was one of the most disturbing They they, they, I, I read interviews uh, with one of the writers of the episode just saying like, yeah, we decided let's actually scare people with a treehouse. Like that's not reference. It's a horror movie. Let's just make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it worked. Uh, yeah. It really worked. 
But uh, but yes, this reference to Cesar Chavez, uh, a Mexican-American labor activist of the 70s, uh, very well-known, especially in California, I'd say. There's uh, streets and, and parks. There's a Cesar Chavez Park right down the road from us in oh, Berkeley, right. California. That's right. So... He's a big name. Uh, in 1972, he went on a 24-day hunger strike, uh, protesting an attack on farm workers' rights with a new set of laws in California at the time. Uh, and he only broke it because Robert F. Kennedy had been assassinated and he ate at the memorial. Mm. As, but uh, yeah, he he, had, he went on several other hunger strikes to uh, to help the many, you know, often mar- migrant farm workers and overlooked uh, in in california and they're in their labor struggles I, I give him a pass for that you know uh <laughs> honestly if you go to a funeral you gotta have a little nosh yeah you it gotta is. have a nosh <laughs> why wouldn't you if there's you know a little schmear maybe some <laughs> egg salad yeah i was gonna say some pickles like you gotta have a little snack it was a tragedy when they shot bobby kennedy but at his memorial amazing potato salad oh man <laughs> some, of, some of the best Nosh you've ever had. Oh my lord! And Incredible. That... They had great cakes, lemon lemon cakes. My son, if he had been there and he broke his lemon cake, it would have been terrible. It's like no, uh, no son. Uh, Bobby Kennedy is broken. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. At that point, <laughs> at that point, the Kennedys were very experienced in funeral arrangements. So uh, hey, but, uh, call hey, our guy. Right, call our bumps. guy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but Homer has decided on this just from hearing one. I mean, that's a very Swartzweldery writing Homer thing too. That Lisa just mentions a hunger strike. He's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do that." That'll you, be Act Three. Yeah, I just heard it. I'm doing it. I, I really, you yeah, know, that does solve a lot of problems for the writers if it's just like Homer will do or say anything. Yeah, <laughs> and the audience will believe it. Just have him. Just have someone say it to be like, "Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. That's oh. great. That's that's the the beauty of this." show uh i also i it's it's not quoted enough i love that run of over saying like i don't be being called i don't mind being called a liar if i if i'm lying or about to lie or just finish lying but not when i'm telling the truth a nice kirk douglas reading out of nowhere it's so funny then we come back into the third act uh you know Homer with his lawn chair and chains and his, his sign like that, he's asking to go viral, you mm-hmm. know? These are the uh, horrible people have gotten very viral with photos not unlike Homer's with this. So I don't want to even say their names. But, so Homer Homer missed it, unfortunately. He was not able to go viral in the way he wanted. I, I'm here to explain the Mike Farrell and Wayne Rogers yes, joke. Yes, please, Bob. Uh, because yeah, they Lisa, had a real feud. <laughs> uh, that's a lie. Lisa hands Homer a book about Mike Farrell's core beliefs. Who is Mike Farrell? Well, he replaced Wayne Rogers during season four of MASH. Rogers played Trapper John. So uh, he is an activist, but he didn't write his first book until 2007. It's Mm -hmm. called Just Call Me Mike, A Journey from actor to activist and uh yeah uh he didn't hate wayne rogers <laughs> uh yeah Farrell. as repl- far as i could tell Farrell placed him as bj honeycutt they, i'm sure they had some beef somewhere down the line well the the story i read was that yeah that wayne rogers felt that he thought it uh we talked about this about laverne and shirley recently too that you have co-stars in the show and wayne rogers thought that he was supposed to be equal to alan alda and then felt
felt that uh, the writers were writing way more for Alan Alda than him, which, you know, makes sense because Hawkeye is much more interesting and he's like the kind of the heart of that show. Uh, so Rogers was like, yeah, write me off the show then. And meanwhile, Mike Farrell as BJ Honeycutt, totally fine mm-hmm. with being back up to Alan Alda. He's like, yeah, I'll just and be his friend. I saw Roger played Trapper John. Rogers played Trapper John. And then they made a Trapper John TV series. And I assume like, oh, he left to be on that show. No, somebody else played <laughs> Trapper John guy. on that yes. on that series. Uh, Why would you do that? The beloved Trapper John character does not have the legs to have its own show unless it's the guy you remember from the other show. What's the point? These are these A third guy playing Trapper John is too many. These are these TV these are these like TV words I know vaguely yes. like Quincy or Trapper John or Simon and Simon like things I wasn't alive for but I vaguely know what they are. Cuz of the Simpsons and Conan yeah. O'Brien. Basically. Uh, I I also know Trapper John because uh as a kid I went to a showing of Chicago with my mom a performance of it and my mom was like oh that's the second trapper john is is playing uh, the richard gear part at this one uh yeah mike farrell is like a political lefty type dude he like in the 80s he pr- protested america's uh backing of the coup in el salvador for example like he's le- left-wing activist meanwhile uh before his death in 2015 wayne rogers actually was a fox news regular so they would have disagreed politically exactly what i was saying of course <laughs> they hated each other if i played trapper john i was the second guy to play trapper john and the least famous of the two i guess the three uh then i'd be kind of chuffed about that and then i get replaced by some jabroni (laughs) they just gave him the worst name possible bj honeycutt what a terrible name i'd be i'd be mad i'd be hot under the collar if i had to deal with that who was Trapper in the movie? Was that Donald Sutherland that was Trapper in the movie? I think so. Oh, I think so, so, yeah. So I guess there are now three yeah. Trapper Johns yes, yeah. in this multiverse. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. the, third, the first Trapper John is from the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even, even the, the Trapper in the TV show is kind of lesser than. I mean, I'd have a chip on my shoulder forever. What a weird oh, Elliot reference. Gould. Elliot oh, Gould. Okay. Elliot, Elliot Gould, Gould was, was Okay, so Hawkeye was Hawkeye Donald was Sutherland. Sutherland. Okay. Elliot Gould was trapper john okay got it see i've i watched that movie a long time ago but i've never watched a full episode of mash in my life it's, I don't the think. movie is weird it's about pranks no yeah it's, yeah. it's about yeah, pranks it's sort of sexual like harassment but said in the vietnam war and yeah. kind of sad sometimes <laughs> uh but yeah the uh so after homer's handed that book they then even spot that there's another skeleton there which that that family needs to clean up that skeleton you know like i guess just a woman with no family to even ki- take care <laughs> of her remains uh and then i love this scene with homer uh talking to milhouse and and kirk not knowing who they are (laughs) so good i was gonna say uh mash takes place in the korean war guys i don't want to get yelled at i just wanted to get that out there before someone dms me on twitter and says you fool it's set in korea uh yes yeah we can't we can't have it go by saying that it was set in vietnam that would be we'd get uh so many patreon patreon comments what a jackass (laughs) (laughs) you get don't invite dave Schilling back if he can't keep this this man yeah (laughs) No, but uh but yes the, this this exchange with millhouse and homer is very funny <laughs> goodbye homie here's dr hibbert's number if you feel weak don't worry duff's not gonna let me waste away to nothing uh dad go what a great ball game thanks weekend dad stop calling me that <laughs> hey kid and man don't support a team run by liars liars they're secretly planning to move to Albuquerque. That's crazy. 
It would have been on a talk radio show like Sports Chat or Sportzilla and the Jabberjocks. Yeah! You little dog! <laughs> Homer would have strangled him right there if those chains hadn't stopped him. I do yeah. feel like Kirk listens to a lot of AM radio in he, his off time. He has that energy, you know, <laughs> yes. Well, he's a sad single man who, you know, just he's a weekend dad, so he can only, he listens to, he's got lots of time for sports talk. But And th- he has a bed shaped like a car. Yeah, <laughs> I. but that's what I love, that Homer, Homer doesn't remember Kirk at <laughs> all. They've spent all this time together, but he's like, hey, kid, man. <laughs> it's just kid so, and man. That's so great. Uh, but I do yeah. think I think that sometimes Homer is speaking for the writers. Yes. They're like, oh yeah, these guys, this these characters, we got to put them in there. <laughs> who cares? They suck. Uh, kid and man, who cares? Yeah, I I'm still sad at this point. We're not getting as much Luann Van Houten content because yeah, mm. the the voice Maggie Roswell has not returned to the show yet. So. Her character doesn't won't be talking this entire season. You know, now on their uh, the later that night, Homer gets a ice cream cone thrown at him by you know Skinner. He's getting more uh, he's even more laid back and yeah. more of a smooth guy these days with with uh, Edna. We just did an episode where uh, within the past six months where he was having sex with Edna in the classroom, and that's why yes. Bart was able to study to take yeah. his mind off of what yes. was happening in the same room. Yes, uh, and here he is just like making out with her in the street and getting a handful of her her hips like yeah it's uh, a much more forward seymour i prefer hen-pecked like pathetic seymour personally (laughs) i i agree i think most of the writers would agree with me i the confidence is less funny i guess uh, the most of the comedy is just like oh these are people you don't want to see making out i suppose Mm. but let's say i guess edna has just rubbed off on him and i don't mean oh my goodness gracious humana 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 (laughs) homer uh refuses that ice cream cone we cut to home where Marge is uh, clearly has a feeder fetish. It would seem that that if she can't feed Homer, <laughs> yeah. she has to make other people eat. You know what? Like uh, I just visited my parents' house, and I haven't lived there in a long time. But whenever I go back there, it's just them that live there, and mm. I have to tell them, guys, there are just two people here now. You don't need to buy food for an entire family. As soon as you <laughs> yeah. open the fridge, it is just the food is just like in your face. There's no I free think that's space what it in is. there. Like, you 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 forget how to cook or to to buy groceries for just yourself after years and years and years of having uh, multiple other people in your home and so that's what i took this this scene to be is marge just made enough food for homer and everybody just kept eating marge got into a her happy little rut as she said of what she buys at the grocery store and she's not changing that Uh, though they still I was watching to see like ah did they mess up but they didn't Lisa is only eating a vegetarian Mm. thing she's not eating any of the meat which I also was just disturbed at the visual of like Maggie opening up her diaper to let her gut out I was just like (laughs) that just made me I was like that's weird it's (laughs) disgusting yeah Yeah, anything they do with Maggie always makes me uncomfortable because she's a baby (laughs) she she uh, you're not gonna feed a baby meat love that's crazy talk (laughs) no she doesn't even have teeth yet She's yeah. got the little pacifier in her mouth still. Uh, but that also it's funny though that Marge isn't getting fat. Everybody else no. is fat for this one scene, but not Marge. That does feel accurate to the kind of American domestic life of that time. Is the mother is like, I have to stay thin, mm-hmm. but uh, you just keep kind of putting your your energy into feeding other people because you yourself feel as though you are not allowed to eat. And uh, then in this next scene, we get a quick little song by Homer, which uh, apparently Dan ad-libbed. They they, they credit uh, this next clip. Taking away my hunger pangs, 
Moving my feet so my stomach won't hurt. I'm kind of like Jesus, but not in a sacrilegious way. Jeez, almost losing it already. Yeah, but his weary shuffling makes my heart smile. <laughs> oh, I'm so hungry. His tummy sounds angry, Daddy. Yeah, that's his stomach eating itself. <laughs> it's such a beautiful day. Where are the crowds? Duffman is thrusting in the direction of the problem. <laughs> People seem to be drawn to that kook. Maybe we can exploit him. Now, it's too dangerous, sir. He knows about Albuquerque. Duffman is a cautious cat. No, listen. Fans love wackos. Remember that busty woman who ran out on the field and farted at the ball players? <laughs> I think we found our newest attraction. Duffman has a bad feeling about this. Can it, Sid? Why don't you can it, Howard? <laughs> <laughs> that farting joke is just, it's so stupid I laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm happy that Dan said hunger pang and not yes. hunger pain, but both are acceptable, so mm, don't correct anyone. Yeah, I, uh, whenever, you know, I, I've uh, been trying to eat less and snack less, I've been on a diet, and so, you know, this is giving me a new song. If, I, if I'm if i going to get up and consider going to grab a snack, I instead walk just walk in place and <laughs> dance away my hunger pains. And like, there, no, no snack needed. But are, are we aware of uh, Morgana the Kissing Bandit? I, I know oh, it yes. is a name, but... I looked her up. Oh, I uh, definitely remember this person. Oh, for sure. <laughs> She's quite memorable, yeah. <laughs> she was a minor sensation. Uh, starting in 1969, she would rush the field and kiss uh, star players, offering, often injuring herself and getting arrested in the process. But the Jeez. thing is, everybody loved her. Mm. They loved her being there and sexually assaulting baseball players. <laughs> well, cause It she, was a different time. She is a, a shapely woman, yes. I believe, right? Yeah. yeah uh, she, she is forced to run quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. You're there seeing is that as well. You're seeing a lot of jiggling. So yeah, she was arrested for trespassing 19 times in her long career of smooching baseball players and other sports heroes. Retired in 2000. Wow. She so, retired yeah. from sexually assaulting people? Yes. And 30 okay. whole years of it. She hung Man. up her lips. Yeah. <laughs> It's all over now. Uh, I mean, you can, there's there's like interviews with her. She was like a real sensation in the '70s, really, is when, yeah. when it struck. Now that's I've i just remember seeing clips of it, or like say in I feel like in one of the Naked Gun in the first Naked Gun movies, there's like a reference to it or something. I've never uh, yeah, there had to be you know uh, copycats as well from her right out there, but uh, she's she would be the most famous. But oh yeah, to to take the vision of Morgana the Kissing Bandit, put that in your head as they describe this woman and then say like but then again say like she farts at the players what? yeah the farting is what really made it funny to me uh, I love a good fart joke yeah uh, I'm looking at pictures of her which I neglected to do before uh, like cartoonishly large breasts yes yeah <laughs> it's uh, yeah it seems like a it seems like she uh, was smuggling something in there it was <laughs> ridiculous to look at the technology wasn't there in the late 60s for it is what you're saying uh, now yeah, I'm saying now someone would give her like a nice good sports bra or something to control all that stuff. yeah yeah i i also love this little moment of howard and duffman are playing you know these cartoonish supervillains <laughs> with each other and when howard just drops he's he, he 
just goes like we're not playing that game anymore then he says like can it and he's like why you can it he's like hey i thought we were having fun pretending to be super yeah. villains and now you're dropping the dropping the gimmick yeah I like exactly it. keep it kayfabe even there uh duff man so they name him uh they name what, what, what's duff man's name barry sid. oh sid yeah i think later he's named like barry or something like that uh, yeah I believe it's a Duff Man. It's a different Duff Man. Yeah, I believe the Duff Man who has a relationship with Scott Thompson's character is not named Sid. Yeah, it yeah. is Bar- Barry Huffman is his name. Uh, the one that replaces uh, Sid. Uh, though, though Sid I- passed away from a cocaine overdose and was replaced by Barry. Though I like to imagine the Duff Man is just bisexual. Like I, I like that he just you know sometimes he'll sometimes he'll make out with uh, Titania and sometimes. He'll make out with scott thompson's character grady he goes he goes just, where the I, wind takes him i just i'm really tickled by the idea that there's a different duff man in every episode and yeah. it's, it's just a job that people get sometimes they get killed by mo you know it's just it happens exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's probably a duff man who's been mauled by a tiger uh all kinds of stuff uh so in a very schwartzwelder move Homer's light light pole that he is attached to is sawed out of the ground and transferred <laughs> into it as he sleeps yeah. into the baseball stadium. It's a very subtle joke. Yeah. Uh, and then Homer, it's also such a great joke that like a very Swartzwelder thing that here Homer is trying to fight against the big man and they instead fully incorporate him into their business against his will to make more money. <laughs> Death is a part of baseball. It's sort of like uh, working for Fox. Yes. Yeah, it's true. You make fun attempts island but then they bring you into the the same place they're making it yeah they they chain you to a radiator on the lot and they just give you free food all day <laughs> uh you know i wish i i wonder if they'll ever get back on the lot again the simpsons writers they i feel bad for all of them having to work from home instead of getting to you know drive an hour in uh in traffic to go to work in downtown la <laughs> it's not downtown oh. it is century city uh. um but i i mean i've i've heard rumblings that they might never go back Gasp! Mm. Yes. Uh, that would be it's up to disney apparently yeah. disney will decide if they go back or not well yeah, yeah clearly they, they are cracking the whip yeah you know what i could see licorice whip i i could see uh disney saying why are we renting expensive hmm. office space on the fox lot that we don't even own anymore why are but, we making yeah. seasons can you guys make advertisements for high school musical uh you know <laughs> limited series uh, can be- i <laughs> springfield elementary the musical yeah that'll be the, the title of the, the uh, tie-in for that can homer meet the new turner and hooch could that happen oh <laughs> yeah. can he uh, but yes, uh, Homer is brought in there. A promote him as ha- going on a hunger strike until the Topes win the pennant. So Homer is both still on his hunger strike and not even being listened to anymore. I also love him going insane that they are serving <laughs> Peking duck of all. <laughs> I love the expansion oh, yeah. of food at baseball stadiums that it's not just hot dogs and, and French fries now. But <laughs> Paella, uh, man. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> think we've gotten to Peking duck yet. Even in San Francisco with its famous Chinatown, mm. I I don't think uh, at a Giants game you can get Peking duck just yet. I, I just, love how gigantic the the duck is. It's a full is, duck. Too. It's yeah. like on a stick. Yeah. Now, Very uh, funny. I'm biased, but I did like Otto going, hey, Duckman. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm a Duckman fan. <laughs> a reference to Duckman. A duck shout man. out to 
suck, man. Yeah. Four years after it was canceled. <laughs> Not really. It was, it was just an accident. Uh, but uh, yeah, Homer. Homer. Then you know you can uh, you can last a bunch of days. Homer lasts almost as long as as Caesar Chavez in his uh, in his hunger strike. Though I think Chavez didn't also sit in the hot sun all day, which probably <laughs> really doesn't help in a hunger strike. Not at all. Uh, I I love this scene of March confronting them. This is another like this episode has so many funny things in it. It's been a whole week. Why are you letting my husband die? What does that have to do with baseball? Death is a part of baseball. Oh yeah, the main part. Guys, <laughs> uh, we won't let any harm come to your husband, Mrs. Simpson. He'll be fine. He's not moving. He's probably resting from all the moving he did before you got here. <laughs> He'll start moving in a second. I'm sure of it. Turn on the sprinklers. <laughs> you see there? He's fine. Ooh, look at him go. <laughs> the highest compliment I can give a joke when I'm watching something is to pause the show so that I can fall over into my girlfriend's <laughs> lap while I'm laughing. And when he says, it's the main part, actually, I just can't stop laughing. It's yeah. so, so funny and such a Schwarzwelder kind of like absurd American <laughs> um, deviancy. The idea that baseball is really just about death. Especially <laughs> Hank's, very funny. Hank saying it in his uh, death is a part of baseball, yeah. like the, the announcer voice. That was more yeah. of a goofy voice. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not Brock Meyer himself. No, I I love it's like, oh yeah, the main part. The main part. Like, he's like, <laughs> the yeah. main part. Uh, anyway, anyway. I also I love uh, another very Schwarzweldery line of like, he's probably he's probably tired from all the moving he did right before you got here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and that he has to like the only sign that he's alive is that he he might drown in that sprinkler if he doesn't turn over. So he will <laughs> use his small amount of energy for that. Uh, and so yeah, Homer is near death. He's drawn the skinniest he's he's ever been drawn. He he mentions he's down to a B cup. It it was you know it's the year two thousand one. It's a man boobs joke time. Mm-hmm. This is the the era. <laughs> and uh, and Homer, like all of us, does not know what Caesar Chavez looks like because I could not. I when I I I'm a, I did all that research. I'm like I think I can imagine what he well, looks like. But he knows- I can see him in my head. Sure, because in California, at least where we where I grew up, you know, farm workers and the rights of farm workers were on a lot of people's minds because we I lived in a very rural part of California. So I could picture Cesar Chavez, but I understand that 90% of America cannot do that. Mm. So him being Cesar Romero is very funny. Now, Homer knows what Cesar Romero looks like. Obviously, he played the Joker. I'm surprised they didn't have him show up as the Joker, but I think mm. they probably weren't allowed. Yeah, but yeah, um, that, that feels like maybe a uh, copyright issue. Yeah, but weirdly, Homer imagines Cesar Romero with this accent, which he doesn't have. <laughs> That's true. If you look up interviews with him, and maybe he had an accent when he was younger. He was born in New York. Uh, he's not like from another country or anything i think his parents are immigrants but everything i've ever seen him in he just has a standard flat um, american in quotes accent Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think i saw him in the thin man or some movie from the the 30s or 40s and he was just playing kind of like a regular guy Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) he's i'm an american man he doesn't he doesn't have this like the uh latino accent at all yeah it's it's funny that in homer's vision one he doesn't know what caesar chavez looks like but he also assumes like well you may look like caesar Romero, but you would have a stereotypical uh, Hispanic mm. accent as Homer's well. Homer's very dumb. Yeah, 
and I'm sure they would have gotten him, but he died in 94. So yeah. uh, they got Adam West. <laughs> they didn't get him. Uh, I remember Romero was on the Tracy Ullman show. I do oh, really? remember okay. that. Yeah, he uh, he plays basically himself, and he has sex with an old lady character that uh, Tracy Ullman plays. Oh, the old lady pervert recall. in the movie theater. Right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Homer is just about dead. His smell is starting to distract the center fielders. So it's time to get rid of him. I love, I love when they pick him up. These like did i defeat your corporation <laughs> like it's so so great uh but then uh yes homer homer makes it to 12 days as we find out half of what cesar chavez did i also forgot this episode involved watching a man die on screen from drinking blue paint well he has I, a seizure we don't know what happens afterwards sure sure i it's hard i guess you could survive drinking paint you're you're really not supposed to <laughs> what was the character's name again paint drinking larry pete paint drinking very Pete. alliterative drinking yeah another uh, another scene where i had to pause the episode because i was so amused by it it's the cheering of the crowd as he's clearly dying <laughs> that makes it so great uh, uh and uh then in our next scene uh we begin with a very 2001 joke to reference the me so horny line from uh the th full metal jacket uh but uh, homer breaks his hunger strike well, Homer, your hunger strike lasted 12 amazing days. Mm, me so hungry. Of course you are hungry, hungry Homer. So why not break your fast with our brand new Isotope Dog Supreme? <laughs> oh, oh, so hard to resist. Mesquite grilled onions. Jalapeno relish. Wait a minute. Those are Southwestern ingredients. <gasps> what? Mango lime salsa? That's the kind of bold flavor they enjoy in Albuquerque! He's right! Yeah, and a rapper says Albuquerque isotopes. Homer was right! They're planning to move the team! So uh, they don't have that hot dog at the Albuquerque Isotope Stadium, but ah. they have a hat that they sell that has their specialty, which is the the cheeseburger with green chiles on it. So okay. you can have that instead. At least a little Southwestern. I I would guess probably of those those bold flavors honestly sound cost prohibitive. Like how you gotta what charge twelve dollars for that hot dog? People aren't paying that in minor leagues. Mm, that's that's an eighteen dollar dog. Yeah, that's a twenty dollar dog. You got mango salsa on there? Forget about that's it. True. That's an expensive hot dog well, i mean in a san francisco giants game that's a normal hot dog is twenty dollars <laughs> it's uh it's not cheap homer's sense of smell saved the day i like that's sweet it's also nice like a rare time homer wins like the good guys actually just win and the bad guys lose in this one i and i love how terrible and stupid it is that they just have albuquerque isotopes on the on the hot dog wrappers yeah there's yeah, the dove corporation is not uh you know full of geniuses yes yeah i you know the only thing that's missing here in this plot of a team moving is there should have been a quick uh, if i could add something it would be a joke about quimby uh get, you know getting a big kickback of money mm. from them to get them to move or something like it's because uh, it's it's really the whole threatening to move thing is is really just about shaking down taxpayer money from a local government every single time yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah homer homer saves the day he starts chanting tell the truth and then everybody joins along with him so he finally has a crowd on his side uh i think it's also great that it's sideshow mel who makes the pronouncement <laughs> like he's made for that like e they're moving the team <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah, there's a, there are always uh, spots for these characters where it's like, oh yeah, this makes the most sense to be this side character, or this side character. This is a perfect deployment of side. Yeah, character. that's why that's why Ned asks for his uh, comment in Who Shot Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. we need the voice of authority, Sideshow uh, Mel. Uh, <laughs> I also, uh, as as Homer is about to be thrown out by Duffman, uh, Homer changes Duffman's mind and he picks up Howard and throws him over the the wall. In a brief reference to what would Jesus do? A very yes. fun pop culture Christianity movement. Uh, and I was in, uh, I had just graduated at Catholic high school, and those fucking wristbands were everywhere. Uh, yuck. Yeah, that's one for Duffman. What Jesus would do is physically assault someone and yeah. toss them over a bar barricade. I would assume that's why Sid is no longer Duffman after this episode. And yes, Homer then starts eating, of course, because this is a baseball episode of The Simpsons. They play something. They play the theme for The Natural, yeah. which Fox owns the rights to that uh, that Robert Redford film. So that's that's why it plays every time uh, uh, anybody runs bases in a in a, any Simpsons any type episode. of baseball is seen. Yeah, they just they run that natural theme. <laughs> I also I didn't mention Nancy Cruz, the director of this episode. I remember when we did the football the re, the football episode a few episodes earlier. She was like, I don't watch sports. I had to learn how to draw football scenes. So in this one, I think not like there's not one play of baseball. I guess you see like guys in the infield, but you don't really see like a game of baseball play true, yeah. in the animation. But, uh, but yeah, Homer runs the bases and uh, eats his fill. This is where Mike Scully says on the commentary, but I could not find confirmation of this, that he thinks in syndication, this is where it ended for a time, hmm. that they would cut out the last 30 seconds says, you know, the syndication would always make about a two to uh, one to two minute cut to make room for the more local commercials. And Scully had heard that they cut the entire last joke of this episode from the syndication things, but I could not find confirmation for that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, it's hard. It's hard to know because the show is not in syndication anymore, is it? Did they pull hmm. it from syndication so it's only on Disney Plus? You know, I don't know if it's still in syndication yeah. locally. When it, when it aired on FX or whatever, did they use the syndicated cuts or did they run the whole thing? They ran the whole thing and that was on the FX Now app as well. Mm, okay. Yeah. We just have one more clip. It's the mayor of Albuquerque weighing in. Damn, that town's got too much spirit. Looks like we'll have to steal some other baseball team. See what Dallas wants for the Cowboys. Uh, that's a football team, sir. They'll play what I tell them to play. <laughs> For I am the mayor of Albuquerque. <laughs> so you can see how if you were a local Albuquerque viewer of The Simpsons that night and you were going through the mayor of Albuquerque and the battles of the baseball team, you'd probably have a, you know, extra laugh at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see where they cut it out, though, because it serves no purpose <laughs> other than being very funny. Why not just lop that thing off? Yeah, you got to get those local ads in there for who, or for who paid for the uh, you know uh, closed captioning in, in syndication. Jimmy's Chicken Shack or like Crazy Larry's Electronic Store has got to get their ads in there. I think people need to know the ominous amount of power the mayor of Albuquerque actually has. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm afraid he invented COVID. <laughs> okay. You know, that was a fun episode uh, full of like really good jokes. I had forgotten Stacy Keach like rules. It's I mean, yeah, it's it's a little quirky. It's uh, it's quirky. But, uh, you know, no episode of Simpsons in season 12 really has like a full 
um, emotional through line or arc or anything. So if it can deliver with funny jokes mm-hmm. in season 12, I call that a good episode. It's a Me very, too. very dense Schwarzwalder nonsense that defined uh, meh. So yeah, uh, this episode uh, is a landmark one. Historically significant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and ga- made a real baseball team change its name. So I can buy a, an Isotopes jersey on the Albuquerque Isotopes website for $90 right now. And I just might do it. I Ooh. just might do it. I'm looking at these hats, Dave. <laughs> they look pretty yeah. swell. Pretty sweet. Mm. Pretty sweet. One could say they are too sweet. <laughs> uh, well, and, uh, Dave, we, we thank you. You are too sweet of a guest to, to oh, come thank on. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> We we always love having you. I mean, uh, any any uh, more plugs you want to get out there? Definitely for Galaxy Brains. Yeah, subscribe to Galaxy Brains on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, where ma- wherever you might get your podcasts, and follow me at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Dave. We we always, I guess, the next Schwarzwalder episode we do maybe. Well, there's not many left. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna just like uh, save all this material for the book I'm gonna write about Ooh. John Schwarzwalder one day. Uh, you know what? You you probably live within 20 miles of him. You hunt him down, stalk this man. I will hunt him down yeah. and take. Take his skin and wear it as a pelt. <laughs> Look for the man wear, uh, carrying a bindle. It might be him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, but but thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, guys. So thanks so much to Dave Schilling for being on the show. Please check out Galaxy Brains. And as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up there. You'll get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes everything we've done behind that paywall for the past four plus years. Over 100 bonus podcasts will be yours immediately the second you sign up. And that includes all of our limited miniseries. The most recent one we've done as of this recording was Talking of the Hill Season 2 part one and by the time this comes out you will know what our fall of 2021 miniseries is and you'll definitely want it because it's going to be awesome so please uh look into that we'll we'll probably be announcing it around this time if you haven't seen it yet so again that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons and there is also a ten dollar level when you sign up for that you get all the five dollar stuff of course but also access to one mega long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry why bob is talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast our premium podcast once a month see we have a sister podcast where twice a month we cover an animated series super in-depth just like we do an episode of the simpsons and once a month as part of that we cover an animated feature film super in-depth we are about at the end of our third year of doing it over 160 hours of original podcasts of me and bob talking about films as diverse as shrek hunchback of notre dame and akira among many many others you got to sign up at that ten dollar level to hear the often over four hour long podcast where we talk about those films as well as all the five dollar bonuses bob was just talking about there too so please check it all out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons there's so much cool stuff there you get for supporting me and bob doing this is our full-time jobs so as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast about old video games. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. Henry, what about you? Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. You'll stay up to date in the world of Henry Gilbert, so please follow me there. Also, if you're following me and Bob on Twitter, follow the official Twitter account of this podcast. It is at TalkSimpson. 
Simpsons Pod. At Talk Simpsons Pod is where you'll stay up to date whenever new podcasts go up for this, whenever there's updates on the Patreon, whenever there's any cool things going on in our lives, we tweet about it there. You will stay in the loop if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. So please do that. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time for season two's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And we'll see you then. said go topes all this hunger for nothing get your hot dogs fat juicy hot dogs pork chops and applesauce peking duck get your crispy peking duck yeah duck man over here did they have to chew so loud <laughs> <laughs>